What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to be talking about that thing today that when we talk about it, people make the face. They go, ew, sales. We don't want to do sales. They, and because they have such horrible thoughts about what sales mean. And of mm. course, if you are in business, you are in sales. So the mm. best thing is to learn how to do it the right way. So please join me in welcoming Jeremy Miner to our program today. Welcome, Jeremy. How are you doing? Uh, you know, just hanging out, being the boring guy over here. Deb, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Hey, you know, I'm just happy that we don't have storms here in Atlanta. We've had some pretty wing dings the past couple really? of years. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like, well, yeah, I'm, you know, our headquarters are here in Scottsdale, Arizona, so we never really have any storms. It's just sunny year round, you know? Yeah. Ah, life's hard. Life's hard. You know, <laughs> and, and we laugh about hot Atlanta, you know, which of course is why we have the storms, you know, the yeah. humidity, but, but yeah. That's valid. Yep. So let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will dive into this because we want to make sure that we get every juicy detail. So what Jeremy, would you like what would you like to know? Well, you know, we need to know how we do these sales things, but let me tell people a little bit about you first. Okay. So Jeremy is Jeremy Miner is the chairman of Seventh Level, a global sales training company that was ranked, I love this, 1232. Now, that doesn't sound like good, but that was of the fastest growing companies in the United States by Inc. Magazine's list of the top 5,000 companies in 2021. So holy cow, that really is a good number. He is also a contributor for Inc. Magazine and has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, and a host of other publications. During his 17-year sales career, Jeremy was recognized by the Direct Selling Association as the 45th highest earning producer out of more than 100 million salespeople selling anything worldwide. His earnings as a commission-only salesperson were in the multiple seven figures every year. Jeremy's unique brand of sales training pioneers the use of behavioral science and human psychology within the sales process. This is reflective of his deep studies in the subject from Utah Valley University. So again, Jeremy, how are you? Hey, thanks for thank you know I'm going to take all of that as a compliment because my kids say I'm pretty boring. So thank oh, you, no. thank you very oh. much. I think you have an old introduction too. Last year we were ranked uh, 391 by Inc. Ooh. Magazine. I think Holy that was God. the rankings the year before. We must that have said is. the wrong one. It's all good. It's all well, <laughs> it, but it just goes to show that you are improving all the time. We're always, um, we're always trying to get better every week. You know, I know, I know. You know, which is what we all need to be doing. And yeah. I love that people tune into our podcast. Because they want to to do better and they want to learn and they want to learn from the experts. But yes. I always like hearing from my guests mm. how it is that they got to where they are today. So tell us mm. a little bit about that. Well, I'll, I'll give you a brief overview because I I, I, I I feel like um, I'll share with you a little bit of my background, especially okay. when I first got into sales, because I, I think uh -huh. my background really relates to what is necessary mm -hmm. 
you know, if you're an entrepreneur or business owner listening to us, what you can do to really drive your sales. If you're doing the calls, if you're a really small business, or if you have a sales team, because you're more SMB or, or enterprise people that listen to your show. So I got started in sales 22 years ago, broke, burned out college student. I got my first job selling home security systems door to door. Anybody oh. on here sold door to door, you know what that is. And I remember the company, you know, they basically hire everybody because of straight commission. They give you a script. They give you some books by the sales gurus. They drive you out in a van. You know, they drop you off in a neighborhood. They and not fling usually, you out. Yeah, <laughs> usually a not so safe neighborhood and mm -hmm. basically say, hey, go make some sales. We'll pick you up after dark. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was the last one to be dropped off in this little area. I had my little streets I had to knock on. And I remember looking back at my manager, my sales manager. Mm -hmm. His name was X Hane. And he said, Jeremy, remember, when they open up the door, show them your excitement, show them how much you believe in the product, and they're going to believe in the product. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. If I believe in the product, somehow right. they'll magically believe in it as well. I just took it all, you know, just, okay, if he said it, it must be true. Mm -hmm. So I started knocking on the doors and I started talking about how great the company was and the product and the features and benefits and how we're going to help them. And we had the best this and we best had the best that. And I noticed from door number one, I started getting all these objections. We don't need it. We can't mm -hmm. afford it. Your prices are too high. We already talked with somebody from your company last month. Mm -hmm. I need to think it over. I need to more, do more research. I need to talk to my spouse. Can you call me back a week, a month, a year later? Mm -hmm. If anybody's on here that's in sales, you ever gotten yeah. those That questions? was no, 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 yeah. no, go away. Mm -hmm. So I remember about seven to eight weeks of going through all that nonstop rejection, You know, barely making any sales. And when you're straight commission, like any door-to-door -door job, most sales mm -hmm. jobs are, you don't make sales, you don't make any moolah, right? And so I remember about eight weeks in, standing on a corner, it was a late Friday night, mm -hmm. waiting to get picked up. And I remember sitting there like, you got to remember like, this is probably end of June, early July, hot, humid sun, oh, mm -hmm. you know, sweat rolling down my chest, my back. I remember like my legs were totally like exasperated, like jello. Mm -hmm. I still even remember like rubbing my feet into like the hot concrete, that mm -hmm. asphalt feeling. <laughs> I don't know if you there. And I remember thinking there, like, you know, that day I'd worked 12 hours and I made zero sales. So I made zero dollars. In fact, that entire week I'd made zero sales, zero dollars. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, maybe, maybe selling just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. You know, and if anybody's on here have ever felt that way, that's where I was. Yep. Now, I remember when I got into the van that night, my sales manager plugged in a CD by Tony Robbins. 22 years ago, people listen to things called mm -hmm. CDs. It's mm -hmm. crazy, right? These little round things that you play. And I remember Tony said something like this. I, I could be butchering it, but he said, you will fail for the simple reason you don't learn the right skills necessary to succeed. You don't learn the right skills. Mm -hmm. Now, he goes on to say that everyone is taught skills mm -hmm. when you have a job. Right. But he said the people who fail are the ones who are not taught the right ones. Mm -hmm. Now, when he said that, it was like something went off in this little 22-year-old kid's brain that there was a difference in skill level. I, I never mm -hmm. thought, I thought all skills were just all mm -hmm. the same, mm -hmm. right? So it was like the heavens, divine intervention from the heavens mm -hmm. that maybe what the company was training me and what I was learning from what I now call the old sales gurus, maybe they just weren't the right skills anymore. Maybe they were just mm -hmm. outdated and didn't work as well with mm -hmm. today's modern day buyer. And so at the same time I was I was going through all that dilemma, I was in college. My major is behavioral science and human psychology, mm -hmm. okay, which is the study of the brain, why human beings make decisions. Why do they go left mm -hmm. instead of going right? Why do mm -hmm. they say no instead of saying yes? It's really right. sales 101. Mm -hmm. And my professors, uh, one of them was Robert Caldini. Have you ever heard of Robert Caldini? No. Mm -mm. Robert Caldini has written many books on behavioral science and, mm -hmm. and how the brain makes decisions like Persuasion. He's a big best-selling author. He's the, mm -hmm. he's the head of behavioral science here at Arizona State University, but he wrote Influence. These are huge books that salespeople mm -hmm. read over the last 20 years. So my professors, like Robert, were teaching me that the most persuasive way to communicate was over here. Whereas the sales gurus, they were saying it was over here. Like we're talking ah. complete opposites mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, how do I take the theory of behavioral science and how a human being makes decisions mm -hmm. and wrap that into my sales process? Mm -hmm. And I kind of had to do that out of necessity because I was about to quit. You needed to eat. Mm -hmm. I needed to eat some food, right? So I started learning techniques that worked with human behavior that caused my prospects to pull me in mm -hmm. rather than me trying to push and push them forward. And over right. pretty much overnight, 
selling became very, very easy and very, very profitable. So that's how I got in. And then from that, you know, forward, it, it just all kind of kept going uphill. I love it. <laughs> you know, and, and I mentioned at the start that so many people think sales is yuck. And, yeah. and of course, you know, as I said, if we are, you know, especially if we are the business owner, the entrepreneur, yeah. we are in sales. Sure. Um, and I don't care if you actually have sales people or yeah. if you are you know by yourself, you yeah. are in sales. <clears throat> and it comes from this whole notion of the used car salesman, the snake. It's how they were salesman. taught. It's how right. they were taught. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it really was that pushy, as you said, pushing your way in as opposed yeah. to being invited in. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 we just we we cringe at the thought that we have yeah. to do it. So then of course we yeah. don't do it. And yeah. then hmm, our business suffers. Yeah. We can't get to the end and be like, well, if you're interested, let me know. Like that's not going to work either. Right. So what we're saying is when we get them to pull us in, there's certain questions you're asking mm -hmm. that triggers that mm -hmm. you're asking at the right time. You're clarifying and probing that pulls out their, what we call their emotional state. You're getting them to go below the surface. Mm -hmm. Right. And a lot of it is to do with your tone because there's certain questions in your sales process. I don't care if you sell B2B or if you mm -hmm. sell B2C, it doesn't really matter. Any right. human sales conversation whether it's a one mm -hmm. call, two call close, a, a complex sound environment that could take six months. There's certain parts of that sales process and questions you ask that have to be more of a, a curious tone. John, can you walk me through what you guys do? See, that's a curious tone. Mm -hmm. There's other parts of that conversation and questions that have to be asked in more of a, a challenging or skeptical mm -hmm. tone, right? When there's more mm -hmm. trust and credibility you've built. Mm -hmm. Then there's other parts of that sales conversation, questions you ask that are more of a a turn, uh, you know, like a tone that shows more concern, mm -hmm. like a, a tone that shows empathy. Right. So once we learn how to adjust our tone based on what we're asking, what that does is it humanizes your sales process. Okay. Mm -hmm. So rather than you sounding like a telemarketing robot that's reading a script, mm -hmm. right? Or you sounding like an FBI interrogator where they're like, enough with the questions. Just tell me how much it's going to cost. Now, tell if I'm interested. So mm -hmm. you're triggering that by the way you're asking questions because it doesn't sound natural. It sounds mm -hmm. scripted. Okay. Right. So once we learn those type of techniques, people become very open mm -hmm. because guess what? Everybody listening to me right now and, and Deb if you're, unless you're driving, if you grab a pen and a piece of paper, I'm gonna do an exercise with you. I just did this at a keynote a couple of days ago in California. Write down the two biggest problems that your prospects have. Write down two problems mm -hmm. that your prospects have, or think of those in your mind, the mm -hmm. two biggest problems. Now, look at those two problems, or if they're in your mind, look at those two, you know, feel those two problems in your mind, mm -hmm. and then raise your hand wherever you're at if your solution solves those. It now, better. when I do this exercise, <laughs> Pretty much everybody raises their hand because there's never been, there's never actually in the history of mankind, just take it all the way back from what we know, you know, they're finding skeleton remains from 300,000 years ago, but from the history of mankind that we're figuring all out ourselves, mm -hmm. okay, there's never been a product and or a service that doesn't do one of two things, solve a problem mm -hmm. and or an emotional need. Right. Some products and services do both. Mm -hmm. Like I'll give you an example. If I want to go buy a, let's say a $500,000 Royals Royce vehicle, mm -hmm. I don't really go buy that because it solves a problem. Like if right. I want to yeah. go Because you, know, you could get a Volkswagen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Like if I want to go from Atlanta and drive down to Miami, mm -hmm. I can drive a 2011 used Honda. I don't necessarily mm -hmm. need a, a $500,000 Rolls Royce, but mm -hmm. what that would do is it probably solve more an emotional need mm -hmm. because human beings that buy vehicles like that do it for a reason. Maybe right. they, maybe they grew up really poor mm -hmm. and now they've arrived. They're very mm -hmm. successful, obviously. Mm -hmm. and They want to show maybe mm -hmm. people they grew up that they've arrived. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe their dad said, you know what, Sheila, you're never going to amount into anything. And mm -hmm. she wants to prove her dad wrong. So she mm -hmm. buys that vehicle once she's really successful. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many different emotional needs mm -hmm. that that actually solves. So there's never been like a product or service that doesn't solve an emotional need and or a problem, right? So that that's the point there is like most products and services actually do both. So once we understand that and we can write questions around that, that mm -hmm. opens the prospect up to get them to go below the surface. And we learn how to get them to start building a gap in their own mind. Mm -hmm. Now, what do I mean by a gap? I mean, from where the prospect is, okay, we call that their current state. Okay, mm -hmm. what is their real situation? Because 
if we can't get the prospect to understand what their real situation hey, is, then you can't solve the problem because they don't even know what problems they have. Right. And so now when I say if we can't get them to understand the real situation, that doesn't mean we tell them. We tell them what their situation is. Guess what? Goes in one ear, right. yeah. out think, the other. Think of the people that knock on the door and say, we know yeah. you need new windows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> their plan. Exactly right. So our questions allow the prospect to internally tell themselves. And once we can help them find out their real situation, when we have that foundation, we can then build a gap with what are called, we call those problem awareness questions. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they help the prospect see and view what their real problems are because- as we all know, as business owners or entrepreneurs, most of your prospects don't even really understand they have a problem when you first start talking to them. Mm -hmm. Maybe they know they have a problem, mm -hmm. but maybe they don't understand the depth of it. Mm -hmm. They don't understand uh, you know, why it started. Mm -hmm. They don't understand the root cause. Maybe they don't understand how bad it really is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe they don't understand the consequences of what happens if they don't do anything about solving that problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. So our questioning allows us to build that gap from where they are compared to where they want to be. Now we call that their objective state. Where do they want to be? Mm -hmm. Now the gap separating where they are to mm -hmm. where they want is what? All these newfound problems. Right. Okay. And that's that's your, your opportunity. Question. Yes, that's mm -hmm. your opportunity. And when you learn how to do that, selling actually becomes really more comfortable because your prospect feels comfortable. They don't feel the pressure mm -hmm. because you learn how to like get them to let their guard down. Mm -hmm. You get them to get let their guard down and there's techniques you can do to do that. Mm -hmm. People become pretty open actually. Right. Yeah. And, and we don't feel like we're forcing them to buy something that they don't need. Yeah, and I exactly. think that's, that's the thing where we all feel the ew feeling is and even if we know they need it, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking well, to them. Yeah, as a human being, like ninety-five percent of us, unless mm -hmm. you're like hardcore, hardcore eight-type personality, we're talking hardcore, and eventually you'll burn out if you if you are. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you're push, 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 you'll just get mentally exhausted. Uh, but we don't feel comfortable doing that. We don't feel comfortable because we don't right. like that happening to mm -hmm. us. So as a human being, if we don't want salespeople to like cram it down our throat. It's hard for us to do it because it, it's just a disconnect. Mm -hmm. Now, like I said, that doesn't mean you get to the end of your sales process and say, okay, well, uh, just let me know if you're interested and email me back. Like that's not going to make you a ton of sales mm -hmm. either, right? No. There's there's mm -hmm. a fine line. There's certain things you have to do to, to get them to commit to take the next step mm -hmm. and purchase what you're offering for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and I love one of the things that you said, and it's all about having a conversation mm -hmm. as opposed to following the script. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think the worst thing is when we are dealing with somebody who is, is doing the script, you know, I had somebody knock on the door one time, young woman, and yeah. I go to the door and she says, you know, hello, do you have children? <laughs> and I said, no, well, yeah. that threw her. She had no idea what she to respond. And, yeah. and so then she said, and I love this because this just, it almost got her, you know, tossed out on her ear. Are you the grandmother? Oh, yeah. What? yeah i mean there's there's a fine line like we can't um we don't want to wing it so when when deb's talking about having a conversation like that's a skilled conversation we're not just sitting there like how's the weather over there in atlanta did you see the game last night uh how are you doing today how's your day going see those are like chit chat questions that your prospect has heard three billion times from every salesperson that's ever tried to sell them anything so the way your prospect interprets a little chit chat like that is like, oh, I'm just trying to get you to like me so I can sell you my product or service. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when we say things like that, it actually causes a lot of your prospects, unless they're like lay down sales, mm -hmm. to kind of emotionally shut down because they feel like you're just trying to do that and they just stay surface level with you. And as we all know, if a prospect stays surface level with you, even if you ask really good questions, they give you three or four word answers. Mm -hmm. You know what objection you're going to get at the, at the end of that sales process. Let me think it over. I need mm -hmm. to do more research. Got to talk to the spouse. Looking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I need to keep mm -hmm. looking around and you're, mm -hmm. and it's done. Mm -hmm. So when, when Deb's talking about a conversation, it is a skilled conversation. You know where you're taking them from point A to point B to mm -hmm. point C, but you learn how to do that in a natural way. And I'll give you an example. I'll give everybody an example of that. It's just like, Deb, let me ask you, who's your favorite Hollywood actress or actor um actor um sam shepherd no not sam, sam o'neill that's it <laughs> i'm trying to think who's sam o'neill which who's that I one i know i know okay let's see 
Okay. You know, just because of what's good. Tom Cruise. We'll go with Tom Cruise. Hey, I love Tom Cruise. Yeah. I, yeah, one of, I think he's one of my top five. Let's go Tom Cruise. So everything. So let's look at the Mission Impossible movies. Okay. okay. Everything that Tom Cruise says in that mm-hmm. movie is pretty much what? A hundred percent scripted. Right. Mm-hmm. But does it sound scripted? No. no it sounds natural. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he's memorized his lines he's rehearsed his lines where he so even when you watch tom cruise in his movies you don't actually think of him as tom cruise you think Mm -hmm. of them as the character he's playing in that film Mm -hmm. because it's so natural so as Mm -hmm. a sales professional you have to memorize your lines because Mm -hmm. that's where it comes out natural Mm -hmm. you know what questions to ask whenever they Mm -hmm. say anything you know what to say what to ask Mm -hmm. it's all rehearsed and memorized so it becomes natural. And you want to practice what we call verbal cues. Okay. Now, verbal cues are really important because when when you ask a question, okay, and the prospect starts to answering you, instead of you just sitting there, like nodding your head, blah, blah, you know, and then at the end, when they stop talking, you're like, okay, uh, cool, gotcha. Uh, let me ask you. Right. you sounds, because you really didn't pay attention, right? <laughs> that sounds scripted. But while they're talking, you're sitting there making these verbal cues. They're just sounds to show the prospect that you're present. Uh-huh. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Okay. But walk me back when you were saying, mm-hmm. see, I used a verbal cue when I said, ah, oh, okay. But walk me back. Mm-hmm. The verbal cue led into the next right. question. And That's I knew you were paying bridging. attention. Yeah. And it's called bridging into the next question. Mm-hmm. That makes the conversation feel natural in their mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know where you're taking them, but you don't act like you're a robot knowing that. It's almost like you're, let's say you're on virtual, like with a prospect or even in their office or at their home. When you're about to ask a question, sometimes you can even like look up because that's what human beings do when they're thinking Mm -hmm. about what they're going to ask. So, oh, okay. But help me understand, like, can you walk me through what you guys Mm -hmm. do for See, I'm acting like I'm thinking about what I'm asking, even though I know that every single time, but it doesn't seem scripted. Yes, 100%. So those verbal cues lead into your next question. So the prospect feels like they're just talking with their friend at church. or right. But it's such a skilled conversation mm-hmm. that you control all that, and they don't feel like you're trying to control mm-hmm. them. Right. You know, and, and what struck me during this is what that means is you have to practice. Yeah, you probably want to practice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and because, like I said, you know, the young woman, when she said, you know, do you have kids? And I said, no, she had no idea what to respond. I mean, you know, it just, you know, and, and if she had practiced with somebody where they, they gave her multiple different answers, then yeah. she would have been able to she have said, to yeah, 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 you know, it, it, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she you doesn't know, understand. As opposed to, are you a grandmother? No, that was really not the thing to have said. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a it's a it's almost like a manipulative question, if that makes sense, right? It, it, people are going to feel manipulated even by because they're like, well, why are you asking me, right? There's it, you have to trigger curiosity. That doesn't really trigger curiosity, especially I'd have to hear her tone, but it depends on their tone too. And, well, and you know, I I felt bad for her because yeah. clearly she had not been given good training. And um, she might have a great product or service that yeah. could have really helped you solve oh, yeah. something, but mm-hmm. you don't even know because she triggered sales right. resistance. Yeah, by it was the go away. Me. I'm going to slam the door in your face yes. type of thing. Mm-hmm. See, that's a triggered. That's a triggered reaction. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know. Let's talk about that for a second. I think that's mm-hmm. you brought up a valid point there because typically, just behavioral science 101 within the first seven to twelve seconds of any conversation or any sales related. On the door, in person, on Zoom, doesn't matter. Your prospects are picking up on your verbal and nonverbal cues from you. Mm-hmm. We subconsciously, that's just the way we're wired as a human mm-hmm. being. God made us that way somehow. Mm-hmm. So we're picking up on your verbal and nonverbal cues mm-hmm. based on what you're saying and or asking mm-hmm. that triggers the brain to react in one of two ways. Right. Okay. Because it's not like you woke up that morning. You're like, you know what? If somebody knocks on my door mm-hmm. within about 12 seconds, I'm going to go into fight or flight mode and I'm mm-hmm. going to try to get rid of them. You you weren't planning on that right. before mm-hmm. you go to the door. So when she started talking to you because of the way she came across. So when we come across too excited, like overly enthusiastic, okay. If we come across, let's say needy, Mm-hmm. We all know what we mean when we talk about being Oh, needy. yeah. All oh, those needy salespeople. We can feel it, mm-hmm. right? The desperation uh, and, is oozing yeah. out of every pore. And especially when we come across attached, 
That's the key word. We don't understand the right questions. We don't understand the tone. Mm -hmm. It triggers the brain to go into like what I said, fight or flight mode. Mm -hmm. That's where the prospect tries to get rid of you very quickly. Oh, we don't need it. Oh, we're good. We Uh, rent. That's my favorite thing. Yeah, or whatever. (laughs) Like it depends on what you sell, right? But that's, it's. oh, we're not interested. Or, Mm -hmm. oh, hey, just get to the point and tell me what it is. I'll tell you if I'm interested. Mm -hmm. Or enough with the questions, you know, even if you're on an inbound Mm -hmm. lead, you know, Uh, just tell me what you got. Mm -hmm. Now, once we learn, uh, what we call NEPQ. We can talk about mm-hmm. that in a minute if, if we have time. Once we learn um, how to come across more neutral, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is more unbiased, like we're not mm-hmm. quite sure we can even help you because we don't know anything about their situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. We come across more, uh, let's say, calm, like more, mm-hmm. uh, how do I say, like more, I call it collective confidence. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we learn how to come across detached. That's mm-hmm. the keyword, detached. We understand the right questions. Mm-hmm. We understand the tone. Mm-hmm. It causes the brain to become curious enough where we want to engage. Mm-hmm. We we want to open up because we feel, we don't know what it is yet, mm-hmm. but we feel that that person might have something that is important to us, even mm-hmm. if we're doing door-to-door sales, okay? Mm-hmm. So we have to learn how to really become detached from the outcome of making the sale and instead focus on whether or not we can actually help them solve their problems. Mm-hmm. Now, do I mean when you get, like I said, do I mean when you get on sales calls, your goal is not to make the sale? Of course, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But we have to keep that to ourselves mm-hmm. because the moment the prospect picks up right. that you're just there to stuff your mm-hmm. solution down their throat, mm-hmm. just sell them something mm-hmm. is the moment they emotionally shut down and try to get rid of you. You with mm-hmm. me? Right. And sometimes, and this is obviously the worst case, they might actually need what it is, but they're like, nope, nope, not going to deal with you. Well, it's kind of crazy because, you know, even if you're calling like outbound leads that maybe respond to an ad on Facebook Mm -hmm. or YouTube or whatever. So you've got some interest there. They put in their name and phone number. They know somebody's calling them back, but they don't know when. Or even if they're an inbound lead that books on your calendar for an in-person visit or maybe on Zoom or the phone. They already know that they have somewhat of a problem. Otherwise, they wouldn't have responded right. to the ad. Mm-hmm. So if we, once again, if they have problems mm-hmm. and our solution solves those, what's the missing link? Mm-hmm. And here's what I would suggest to everybody. The missing link is not your leads, mm-hmm. even though a lot of people blame it on their leads. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not. I, I remember when I was making multiple seven figures a year at my sales jobs in mm-hmm. four different industries. You know what the number one complaint was by the majority of salespeople? Oh, the leads suck. Well, I was calling the same type of leads, right. making mm-hmm. 20 times more than they were. So mm-hmm. the leads sucked, or maybe we just didn't have the right sales mm-hmm. ability, right? right? right. Uh, it's not that you don't, you know, it's not that you don't listen to enough personal development, or it's mm-hmm. not that you don't journal enough mm-hmm. or meditate enough, or you're not motivated to work or that you don't work hard. Mm-hmm. I know tons of salespeople that work their butts off that are still broke, right? Because right? it doesn't matter how much you mm-hmm. work. Like that lady, she could work 12 hours a day. And she was getting nowhere. Mm-hmm. Goes her off. She's not going to hardly make any money. It has nothing to do with that. It's what you're saying mm-hmm. and or not asking mm-hmm. that's triggering your prospects to run the other way. Right. So once you learn the right things to say, once you mm-hmm. learn the right questions, as you learn the right tone, mm-hmm. what becomes possible? Everything becomes possible for you. You know, you as the entrepreneur, if you're making your own sales or if you're leading a sales mm-hmm. team. You can make two, three, five, ten times plus what you're making now, even if you're already doing really well. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and I love tone because that is something that is is just so important. And and, and it's very difficult, especially if you're calling on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and I have a friend here in Atlanta who is a realtor who is yeah. very good at this. Yeah. And one of the th- you know, his his big thing is he always stands because he yeah. thinks it changes his energy. Sure. And he's talking into a mirror uh, you know, and, and, and so he's smiling, he's talking, you know, all of these various things. And yeah. it just, you know, it, he said, you know, there's just something about that, that really makes him realize that it's not a prospect yeah. on the other end of the phone. It's a person, a human being. Mm-hmm. They have problems. Mm-hmm. His solution can solve those. You know, that's a va- that's a really good point because I, you know, we have a, we we you know we train salespeople. It, we train 158 different industries mm-hmm. right now. So mm-hmm. we got salespeople that are inbound leads, outbound leads, mm-hmm. cold calling, door to door, B two B, B two C. It's it's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. And a lot of salespeople that sell B two C and B two B that do it on the phone, they're like, well, 
what should I be doing? Like, you know, do I need to be moving around with my hands and my facial expressions? Because right. they should I be can't acting like me. I'm really having a conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, doesn't that affect your tone? Like the way your tone comes across the phone is affected by the way your body moves. Right. So just, you know, just like if, if I lean in, mm-hmm. I can lower my tone much easier mm-hmm. than if I'm like, you know, like in a more power position. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I lean in, I'm like, can I... Can I ask you something, Jane? Yeah, sure. Go ahead, Jeremy. Now, okay, between you and I and, you know, off the record, mm-hmm. it's really holding you back from right. moving forward so that you can. And I repeat back what they said they wanted. See, mm-hmm. I'm leaning in, even mm-hmm. if I'm on that phone call, mm-hmm. because that helps me lower my tone to more of a concerned tone for them, more t- a tone that has more empathy. Right. But if I'm just sitting there in a power position, I can't really do that. So mm-hmm. moving your hands, like you know, like this, even if you're on the phone affects how your tone comes out. There you go. Yeah. And of course, now that we're doing these things virtually, that adds a totally different layer layer to it. And, and, you know, it's, and again, this is where you need to practice, you know, like I'm, I'm in a chair that rocks Mm -hmm. and moves, you know, it's called put both of my feet flat on the floor, because it's going to be harder for me to do that. Yeah. Watch you know, and watch my hand movements. You know, and and the reason you know, I normally talk a lot with my hands. Sure, but yeah. I have discovered that one of the problems is my yeah. camera auto focuses and gets very confused. Right, and and so I don't, but I don't want to sit so still that they're like, camera's frozen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I get that. No, it's so true. Even if you're on virtual, like, especially if you're in person on virtual, like your body language is so important with what you do because they pick up on that. They're picking up on your, your body language, your nonverbal uh, body language as well. They're picking up on your tone and your tone, like, like I said, leaning in, leaning back. So help me understand that. See, that's a challenging tone, right? So my facial expression changes when I'm more of a challenging tone. They see all that and it affects how they react as well. So tonality in your body language, you know, you always hear every book you've ever read. Tonality and body language accounts for 73% of the sale. It's pretty accurate mm-hmm. for sure. Right. You know, and, and it's the other thing that drives me nuts on virtual is when yeah. they don't have their camera set up right. Mm. You know, I've, I've done podcast interviews, the entire interview where I'm yeah. talking to their ear. Okay, that, could be, <laughs> that could be trouble. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, they see what I see. So do they yeah. not get that, you know, and, and, or, you know, they've got the camera too low, too high, Yeah, you know, all of those various things. And yeah. folks, this stuff, this virtual ain't going away, yeah. you know, well, and, and I mean, so figure it out and, and gonna have expand. That, yeah, you know, yeah. have that good background, know what you're doing, figure out how to dress. I mean, you know, we all love the fact that, you know, I tell mm-hmm. people I don't, put shoes on who wants to wear shoes but yeah. i better be dressed nicely from the waist up um, sure. you know and, and just all of these things because again it it to me it shows professionalism you well, know and if, you if i tell somebody's to, not paying attention then why do yeah. i even want to have the conversation you want to really address to kind of what your prospects mm-hmm. are used to right, right? like mm-hmm. let's say if i'm a salesperson for john deere mm-hmm. I'm not going to be decked right. out in a suit when I'm visiting farmers, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to be mm-hmm. in more of like a flannel jeans and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But if I'm, you know, meeting a C-level executive mm-humm. that's buttoned up with a suit, suit and, and everything, yep. you're going to be more like that, or at least a collared shirt or something. So it kind of really depends on your audience and who you're speaking to for sure. Right. You know, and, and it's it, it, because if you were to meet them in person, yeah, you would be doing that. You know, you're not going to show up to the CEO's office in torn jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. Now you might. Now, unless more than likely you're not going to get that far. Unless the CEO typically wears that. Maybe you're you're maybe oh, yeah. you sell like tech companies or social mm-hmm. media companies. They might be a little bit more dressed down. So maybe you dress down mm-hmm. a little bit like a, a polo or something. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like what I tell people when they're interviewing for jobs. You know, go hang out a couple of days before and yeah. see how people are dressed because mm-hmm. you don't want to be overdressed either. Um, yeah, that's a know, hey, that's a really good point. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and it's pretty easy. Now I tell people go go one level higher. Yeah. So you know, if everybody's in jeans, yeah. okay, be in slacks, but don't yeah. be in the suit and tie and and things like yeah. that. Um, yeah. You know, and and but but yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's pretty easy nowadays. And this yeah. is something you can practice on your own, right? You know, you don't you you can re- be recording what you look like, um, so that way you can see this is is what it's like. 
That's easy. I like. I, do you have that trademarked, or can I use that? Sometime? You may use that. Feel okay. free. <laughs> I'm just asking them. Just making sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now, one of the things you mentioned is NEPQ. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of take you back. So remember, we we talked about my my story. So my, you know, I went to school for behavioral science and human psychology. I study mm-hmm. the brain how human beings make decisions. Okay. Mm -hmm. So according to behavioral science, there are actually three forms of communication. I would suggest that all of you write this down unless you're driving, uh, because once you you listen to it again, Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Don't run off the road here. Um, because once you understand the differences in persuasion Mm -hmm. and where you are now, even if you're doing really, really well compared to where you could be, it'll change everything for you. Right. So the first mode of communication, I won't give the scientific terms. I don't bore everybody, but let me ask you this step. If I said the words boiler room selling, what's the first image that comes to your mind? Boiler room selling. What's the first image that comes to your mind? Some icky, nasty, cold, dark place. Well, typically most people, have you ever seen like Wolf on Wall Street? Any of those movies? Mm -mm. That's considered a boiler room selling, okay. right? Like boiler okay. room selling tactics, like pressure them, manipulate them. Hey, we've okay. got a great opportunity for you. Like sales back in the okay. 70s. So 80s, 90s, right? Uh, nasty icky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Wolf on Wall Street type mm-hmm. of shows. Right. Like Gordon mm-hmm. Gecko, that type of stuff. That's what mm-hmm. most people would say. You're like mm-hmm. pipes, water leakage. What's going mm-hmm. on, Jeremy? So according to the data, we're not very persuasive. We're the least persuasive, actually the least persuasive when we tell people things, Okay. Mm-hmm. Or we attempt to dominate them, posture them, manipulate them, push them into doing something we want them to do. Just like if you asked your spouse or maybe your teenager or kid or something, hey, you really, really need to do something. Then you keep pressuring them to mm-hmm. do it. And they're not going to do it. <laughs> what do most people do back? They mm-hmm. push back. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's just human behavior 101. So I'll give you a few examples of the least persuasive way to sell. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I say these things, people get angry at me. Okay. Number one, presenting. We've all been taught you have to have an amazing presentation. Right. Show them your sixty mm-hmm. to ninety There's minutes. There's that darn deck. script again. Mm-hmm. Here's our picture of the corporate office. Here's mm-hmm. a picture of our founders. Here's the picture of all of our customer service awards. We have the best this. We have the best that. But by the way, doesn't every single salesperson that's ever tried to sell you something say they have the number <laughs> one thing? Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, how, they you don't say, watch- "Hey, we're number two. <laughs> yeah, but you, you're not going to have a salesperson that comes up to you like, oh, uh, you know, Deb, we have the fifth best service in the market. They always say that they're the number one. So mm-hmm. when we say things like that, mm-hmm. psychologically, just so everybody understands, especially when you say you have the number one, you're the best, and you talk down about your competitors, mm-hmm. your prospects oh. actually trust you right. less. Mm-hmm. And why do they trust you less? Because they are quite literally used mm-hmm. to every salesperson who's ever sold them anything from let's say a vacuum cleaner mm-hmm. to a car mm-hmm. to let's say a life insurance policy mm-hmm. to, you know, I don't know, cybersecurity for their mm-hmm. company saying that they're the best. Mm-hmm. So when we say things like that, all prospects do is they just move you over right. into this we category. Go, yeah, right. All these other salespeople that mm-hmm. also say that all the time. Mm-hmm. So they trust you less. So, right. So according to the data, uh, we're not very persuasive if our presentation is more than 10% of our entire sales process. Ah. Now, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Typically, on average, in most industries, the average salesperson presents about half the time. We have to <laughs> get that more. 10%, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Probably more. Telling your story. Mm-hmm. Hate to tell you this. When you're selling one-to-one, nobody cares about their story. Who do they care? Story They care about their story, right? right? Mm-hmm. Giving mm-hmm. a sales pitch. Well, I've been talking, going to give a great pitch mm-hmm. according to the data very low on the persuasion pole. And the big one, assuming the sale. I know when mm-hmm. I say that, like, oh, I'm supposed to assume the sale. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe if you have more credibility and trust, but in the beginning of most conversations, you have none of that. Right. You have zero. Even that. if they're a pretty hot lead. Yeah, exactly. Because there's a massive difference in putting external sales pressure on a prospect mm-hmm. compared to getting them from your questionability mm-hmm. to feel so much internal tension mm-hmm. from where they are compared to where they now see they could be and mm-hmm. all these problems mm-hmm. that they feel obligated to change. Mm-hmm. They feel like they have to change your situation now and do that with right. you. Once you learn the difference in those two things, massive difference in mm-hmm. your company's growth, your salespeople's commissions, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the first era. So the second era of selling is more known as consultative selling. I think mm-hmm. most of us have heard of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're more persuasive when we have a discussion. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Consultative selling came out in the 70s, 80s with like methodologies like mm-hmm. Sandler Institute. Mm-hmm. Spin Selling was a really popular book mm-hmm. with Neil Rackham, college professor. Never sold anything, by the way. But they basically taught that you needed to ask logical-based questions to right. find out the needs of the mm-hmm. client. Now, revolutionary back in the 70s, 80s compared to boiler room selling. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. Much better. But when we're only asking logical-based questions, we call those surface-level questions. Mm-hmm. What kind of answers do our prospects give us back? Surface level answers. Surface level, logical based answers. Mm-hmm. And do human beings make decisions on logic or emotion? Emotion. emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brain, study, brain studies prove that. I mean, there's not even a debate among behavioral science mm-hmm. at that point. Okay. So more persuasive than, you know, show up and throw up, present mm-hmm. your story, tell them about the features and benefits, pressure them, assume the sale, but you're still going to play the numbers game because you're bringing up very little emotion in that sales mm-hmm. process. So instead of me saying like, uh, this would be like a consultative question, like who besides you would be involved in this decision, which is what every salesperson right. asks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, they want to make sure they're dealing with the right person. And you should, right? In uh-huh. B2B sales, for mm-hmm. sure. But instead, we want to relanguage that. I might, instead of saying who else besides you is involved, I want to relanguage that where I don't sound like everybody else. John, can you walk me through your company's like decision making right. What's the process? decision process? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you walk me through your company's decision making process when it comes to solving problems like this? Notice how I'm putting in the end result there mm-hmm. when it comes to solving problems like mm-hmm. this. Well, first of all, I've got to go talk to my department head and then she's got to, and they start walking you through. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay? getting a little bit below the surface, Mm -hmm. all right? That's a little bit of a difference. Now, the third mode of sales is more known as dialogue, okay? Mm -hmm. So we're the most persuasive when we allow a human being to persuade themselves. When we Mm -hmm. ask, that's what we were talking about, what's called NEPQ, neuro-emotional persuasion questions. Now, here's the question. How do you get a human being to persuade themselves? Can you just show up and be like, hey, dude, Go ahead and persuade yourself. Mm-hmm. And by the way, here's how you send in the funds. Right. No. 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 Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a skilled conversation, right? It's a, mm-hmm. it's a structured conversation sales mm-hmm. process and a step-by-step structure that gets your prospects to pull mm-hmm. you in and sell themselves rather than you trying to force them. Mm-hmm. That's the main difference. And, and when, when we survey salespeople, like at, at keynotes and different events that we do, typically we find... Depends on the industry, but most industries, about 73% mm-hmm. are still using the first mode of pressure, assume mm-hmm. the sale, manipulate, the least persuasive, right. according to the mm-hmm. science. About 25, 26% are still using consultative selling, logical based questions, define the needs. Okay. And then about less than 1% even, mm-hmm. even know what dialogue is or how mm-hmm. to work with human behavior. Mm-hmm. Now, typically, 99% of the time, that 1% are the ones who out-earn everybody else five right. to one. Mm-hmm. And there could be something to that. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> That's yeah, and, and, you know, and, and of course, the, the thing is, people are like, I don't understand mm-hmm. why I'm not being successful. Well, yeah. that's why. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, here's here's what I always try to, to help people understand. Because a lot of people, the, you know, like on Instagram, they might ask me a question or something. Because we'll do like Q&As once every mm-hmm. couple of weeks. And they say, how can I build my confidence in sales, Jeremy? Mm-hmm. Well, you'll never build confidence in sales until you have the right mm-hmm. skills. Mm-hmm. Because you become confident in your profession, whatever that is, once you have the skills where you're successful. Mm-hmm. It's just, it'd be like asking like a, a somebody that's going into brain surgery. How do I get confident in brain surgery? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you go to school for eight years. Yeah, you don't you just really, jump in. <laughs> you really study and you know what to do. Mm-hmm. So when you walk in that first brain surgery, you know everything to do from A to Z. Mm-hmm. If you're a salesperson that doesn't know that on your first sales call, you're going to get punched in the nose pretty dang quick. So you gain confidence, not by you know uh, pumping yourself up by listening to your favorite song or listening to motivational power you know, poses, like, <laughs> YouTube videos like. That's going to wear off quickly when the prospect says hello and you don't know what to say and ask that triggers them to open up. And instead, they just keep saying no all the time. So you're going to lose confidence very, very quickly without mm-hmm. the right skills. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, the, the second you lose confidence, then yeah. then we pick up on the desperation, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and mm-hmm. and you know, everybody has off days, things like that. But it really does come back to, you know, if you're prepared, if you've practiced if you remember that you're talking to a person, 
then that's really where it's going to make a difference. You have to learn how to humanize the sales process because Mm -hmm. what that does psychologically in your prospect's brain is it causes them to relax. They, it causes them to take their guard down. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we call that the ABDs of selling always be disarming. Mm -hmm. So from the very first questions out of your mouth to what you're saying from the beginning of the sales process to the middle, to the end of the transaction where they paid and you had an authorized agreement We have to continually ask the right questions that cause them to keep their guard down. Mm -hmm. Because the moment we don't and their guard comes up, now you're competing against the wall. Mm -hmm. And now you get all these objections all the time that you have to throw out rebuttals and eight out of 10 times you lose the deal. It's because Mm -hmm. you're triggering sales resistance. Mm -hmm. It's not the prospects that's triggering resistance. It's you. It's what you're saying. It's what you're not asking. That's causing them to have that because it triggers uncertainty in their mind. Mm -hmm. And when they have uncertainty in their mind, that's when they throw out objections. Mm Right. Yeah. And it's funny when we think about the people that we have worked with who were the best at selling, we do realize it was the people who built that relationship, who, you know, who weren't pushy. You know, if you said, Hey, I'm not interested right now, they went, Okay, can I call you back? I mean, you know, and, and, you know, all of those things because it, 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 we also realize it's about that relationship. Um, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, think, and and I encourage folks, you know, think about yeah. when you dealt with a salesperson and mm. it, it went well, why, mm. you know, yeah. what, what did they do that put you at ease? Yeah. And it's, it, even if the, you know, let's say that you, you have an outbound lead and they answered like, oh, you know, I saw that I filled it out, but I don't think we're interested. Well, you just hang up like, oh, sorry. No, there's certain techniques you can to trigger back engagement. Now you can't be like, well, hey, if I could have two minutes of your time, I can show you how to, like, right. that's not going to work, right? Yeah. Was there something yeah. that caught your attention initially? Well, I, I probably, yeah, it's, it's a, you probably want to say something like this. Now, this is, I'm just going to give a generalized approach mm-hmm. because, you know, different industries are going to tweak it mm-hmm. just a little bit, but the the format is like, oh, I'm not interested. Oh yeah, John. And, and just so you know, I'm not quite sure we can even help you yet. Right. You know, we have to understand a little bit more about X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. and what you're doing, like what type of results you're getting, because maybe you're better off staying with the company you already have. Mm-hmm. Are you opposed to having a conversation mm-hmm. around that? See, that's a disarming contact. Mm-hmm. So when I when I say, oh, yeah, I'm not quite sure we could even help you yet. And you pause two <laughs> seconds. You know what the prospect's going to do? Well, what guard, do you mean? <laughs> guard, guard just goes down right. because they're used to the salesperson trying to pounce. Like, oh, just give me two minutes of your time, sir, and I can show you how to click, right? right? But if I disarm them, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, John, and, and just mm-hmm. so you know, I'm not quite sure right. we could even help mm-hmm. you yet. We'd have to know more about blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then if they say, are you opposed to having a brief conversation? Mm-hmm. Now, why do I say opposed rather than open? Because typically, most of the time in that sense, when they're like up front, I'm not interested, they're already wanting to use what word? No. no. <laughs> so I want to use that mm-hmm. to our advantage. Right. Instead of saying, are you open? Where they can mm-hmm. say yes or no. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, are you opposed mm-hmm. to having a brief conversation? Right. No, you're not going to have hardly anybody says, yes, I'm opposed. Right. Yeah. It's going to be very say, well, be like, No, not really. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, no, 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 I'm not opposed. What do you got? And now you're in a two-way mm-hmm. conversation. Right. There you go. Right. You know, and it is about having that two-way conversation. You know, anytime we have dealt with salespeople and they're they're pushy, they, yeah. you know, or don't make the sale. I mean, you know, and, and I keep thinking about cars, right? You know, because yeah. those those are one of the worst ones. You know, I still remember one time when I was I was buying a car, but my husband was with me. And yeah. first of all, they didn't deal with me. And he kept yeah. saying, Hey, it's her car, it's her car. Yeah. Um, you know, and and or, or they'd ask me stupid girly questions. Yeah. And I'm like, you understand I'm buying a pickup here, you know, and, yeah. and you yeah. know, um, but, but, you know, it's, it's what you were saying before it's, it's knowing how to appropriately respond, um, yeah. you know, and, and again, that just takes a lot of practice and knowing your product. Cause yeah, that's the just... other thing is, you know, if, if somebody asks you a question and you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's really like when they ask you a question, you need to find out what's behind the question. Because if right. you just start pewing out details, I'll, mm-hmm. go, I'll give you a, a world-class example. This happened to me probably four or five years ago. I went into like a, one of those stores that just sells all things knives. They're just mm-hmm. like cooking knives. Mm-hmm. So I went in to get some knives for my daughter who was like practicing cooking and home ec or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I asked the, the salesperson, like, how sharp are these knives? Mm-hmm. And he quite literally said, they're the sharpest knife in the market. They've been 
a number one rated. Mm-hmm. The Navy SEALs use them. They're the best this, the best that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's yeah, it's probably going to be too sharp for my daughter. Yeah. Like she's, she's going to cut her fingers off. She's 15. <laughs> and I just would be worried that she would cut her fingers off. And he's like, face went white. And mm-hmm. I ended up not buying anything. But if he simply said, well, it, it depends. Um, mm-hmm. Now, did you ask me that for a reason, sir, just right. so I understand? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah, the reason why I'm asking you is because my, because it's my, daughter. my daughter. Oh, mm-hmm. well, in that case, you'd probably want to look at Right. And he would have made a sale yeah. just by asking me. You don't want the ones for the Navy question. SEALs. You want the ones yeah. for. <laughs> just by asking me a simple clarifying question about what was behind the question, mm-hmm. he would have found out and then sold me the ones that fit into what I was looking right. for. Right. There you go. Well, oh my gosh, Jeremy, we only have a couple minutes left. We just scratched the surface on this. So this know, just yeah. means that, that we have to have you on again. Because we'll I didn't even get through my notes. So I, you know, we, we do need to do it again. But until then. Yeah. How do people find you and, and work with you? Yeah, the, the best the best thing to to like kind of look at us, we'll give them some a little bit of we'll give them some hors d'oeuvres, some mm-hmm. some little nibbles. Just have mm-hmm. them join one of our free Facebook mm-hmm. groups. They can go to salesrevolution.pro. Mm-hmm. So salesrevolution.pro. We have about 50,000 or so members in there. We started about a year ago, business owners, consultants, mm-hmm. salespeople. And right when they join, uh, we'll have somebody on our team message, have them check their uh, Facebook Messenger. And we'll have somebody on the team uh, send over a free training called the NEPQ 101 mini course. It's just like a list of some different questions they can use for different sales situations mm-hmm. they're in. So we'll have them join just salesrevolution.pro. And then if they want more like advanced training, mm-hmm. like for their industry, because we train pretty much every industry, except underwater basket weaving. Yeah. So Deb, if you can get us in the underwater basket weaving <laughs> industry, let us know. But if they want more industry specific training so they can sell more, they can just message us on there and then they can hop on with the team member to go over different um, training we have for their mm-hmm. space if they want to. They want right. to sell more. Right. You know, and your website is, and I can't see this, seventhlevelhq.com. What yeah. I loved about it is you've got great, fabulous resources on there. Um, you know, I had started to think, oh, I must download, must download. And uh, okay, wait. <laughs> yeah, have them, have them go to the Facebook group because they're going to see like thousands of resources Perfect. there mm-hmm. compared to the company side. It's just pretty basic company jargon, but have them go to the salesrevolution.pro. That's going to be the best place for them. Perfect. I love it so much. So, so cool. Well, Jeremy, like I said, we have to do this again because we really did just scratch the surface on this. But until then, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Well, just realize this, whatever you're selling, whatever product or service or industry, one thing you want to understand is you're not selling the thing. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're selling the results mm-hmm. of what that thing does. Uh-huh. If you sell solar, you're not selling them solar or solar panels. You're selling them a locked-in rate. You're selling them a lower bill. You know That's what you're selling, the results of what that thing does. If you sell life insurance, you're not selling them a life insurance policy. You're selling them the results of what that policy does when one spouse passes away and the rest of the family's protected, right? So realize whatever industry you're in, you're not selling the thing, you're selling the results of what that thing does. I love it. So cool. Well, until next time, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a fascinating discussion on sales. And yes, folks, this was fun with Jeremy Miner. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.